Hey, Cinefans, and welcome to the brand new Cinema Slayers Presents Movie Matchups podcast. With us today will be pretty much as always, Justin, Heather, and Devin. And you do have me, the Fox News of the podcasting world, because I am insanely fair and balanced, Sterling. And now we're going to kick it over to Devin while he explains kind of what's going to be going on with this episode. Okay, everybody. For those of you who do not follow us on Facebook or the website, shame on you. Um, we're going to explain this to you. So after much thought and much debate, we've narrowed down the top nine Marvel movies. Okay. And so what we're going to do is we're going to list out those nine Marvel movies. We asked you guys who are following us on social media what you thought is the best Marvel movie and why you thought it was the best Marvel movie. We tallied up your votes. We're going to let you know who the first, second, and third place winner are. And then we're probably going to tell you why you're wrong. But that's how it's going to go. And I'll send it back to Sterling. All right. And so just so we're all on the same page, these nine movies we will be discussing today are the first Iron Man movie, Infinity War, Black Panther, Captain America Civil War, The Avengers, Captain America Winter Soldier, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, and the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So we're going to kick this off with Justin telling us which one of those nine is his best Marvel movie. Okay, and a three, and a two, and a one. Let's go! Okay, I'm going to preface my opinion by saying that, first of all, all nine of these movies are excellent movies. So understand that any thing that we bring up negative about these movies, uh, for me anyway, it's really just nitpicking and trying to pick them apart to really determine which one is number one based on our opinion. So really, if you picked any of these as your number one, I could totally see how and understand why. And But for me, I'm going to be debating today that I feel that the best overall film is Black Panther. Here's the reason why. I feel like, it, 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 to, to use maybe a sports analogy, I feel like Black Panther is, it's like the LeBron James of the MCU. And not to go too much into a sports tangent, but like, when you think about LeBron James, a big sports topic right now is, is he the best or greatest basketball player ever? And you got all these sports analysts giving you stats and numbers and talking about his abilities, his size, his frame, and they're saying, look... There's nothing that this man cannot do. There's nothing that this man hasn't accomplished. So by today's standards, looking at his stats, looking at his numbers, looking at his influence inside of basketball and outside of basketball, he is the best. But of course, when you talk to the general public, most people say, nope, Michael Jordan is the best. And so that's been a hot topic in sports is this back and forth debate on is LeBron the best or is it somebody like Michael Jordan? And the consensus seems to be is that America is just not ready to admit that there is somebody better than Michael Jordan or somebody who can match kind of the the mystique, the legend that Michael Jordan was. And But LeBron James is the closest to that because of everything he can do. So bringing it back to Black Panther, I feel like Black Panther is that for the Marvel Universe. It does just about everything that you would want in a Marvel movie. It does it well. But where Black Panther excels is what is is the things that make it different, the things that make it historical. The fact that it's the only solo Marvel movie to be in the 
billion dollar club. So it's the only solo origin movie to make a billion dollars, which is big because it took Captain America three movies to make a billion to get to its billion dollar movie, which was Civil War. It took Iron Man three movies to get to a billion dollars, which was Iron Man three. All of the Avenger movies have made a billion dollars. So, but those, of course, involve multiple heroes. So the fact that Black Panther is an solo origin movie and it's in that same company with these other movies says something in and of itself. It brought new people to the theater to watch MCU movies that hadn't been brought out to the theater before. It is the highest critically acclaimed movie out of all of the current Marvel movies that we have. And on top of that, from top to bottom, the acting in this movie is top notch. It looks different. The costume design, the setting of Wakanda, the vibrant colors and the backgrounds where we were, it looks different from every Marvel movie. So those are just a few points. And then lastly, what it's done outside of just being a movie, the influence that it's had on people, the fact that celebrities um, bought out entire movie theaters so that underprivileged kids could go and see this movie. It's worldwide impact. The fact that Saudi Arabia, after a 35-year ban on movies, opened up its movie theater and the movie that they chose to screen first was Black Panther. The fact that it was chosen for that out of any movie in the in history they could have watched, they chose that one to watch. The the fact of what it meant to the black community to see uh the first to for it this to be the first MCU film to have an African American a person of color as the central focus and then have everyone around him his supporting characters, the director, people like that on the production staff be African American and it be positive and it be about their history and things like that. I think when you look at the entire body of work that is presented by Black Panther, I don't see how it's any other movie, honestly. But though those are but that's my two cents on uh Black Panther. Okay, so much like Justin said, um, I believe that any of these movies, if they're your number one, then you're you have some good taste in film. Any one of these films on any day could be the best Marvel movie. Um, this is a big debate for me internally because uh, I personally love every single one of these movies and I've seen them multiple times. But if you have to ask me just personally what I feel like tonight, because um, I was sharing with Sterling earlier today that depending on the day, you know, it could be this movie or that movie. But today, tonight, I'm going to say that it actually is Civil War. To me, Civil War is Avengers 3. Um, Civil War to me was a huge culmination. There was so much writing on that movie and it being successful and it being critically accepted, it being, uh, financially accepted. Um, and, and it just did such a great job of exploring and treading old ground and covering new ground. Um, the dynamic between Captain America and the dynamic between, uh, Iron Man uh, has never been so well fleshed out. You've never understood their motivation so well and so clearly. And every single point of contention, every single, um, every single uh, conflict felt just so 
organic and so real and the stakes just seemed so high. And as you watch that film, you are always just kind of captivated to find out where they're going to go and how they make this work. Um, besides the cultural impact, I think the impact on the MCU as being a standalone universe, um, one of the biggest complaints that you would hear throughout this entire 10 year process is that this happened in the comics. You know, this didn't happen in the comics. This guy created Ultron. This guy did this. But with this, I think it really did cement the fact that the MCU is the MCU and the comic books are the comic books. They really went completely off in a completely different direction than the comic books. And for the first time, you didn't hear a lot of backlash. You didn't hear a lot of angry nuts really sad about the movie. Like, you know, their hopes have been dashed like prom night or something like that. They really did. People really did embrace it in all of its levels. The action set pieces of the movie were absolutely fantastic. I don't even need to talk about the airport fight sequence. Um, that right there is to me the best. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Ensemble action, action sequence in Marvel. I don't think you can find a better one where all those heroes are fighting. And it just, they worked so well fighting against each other. The emotion was just so visceral. And when Captain America and Bucky, I mean, when Winter Soldier or Bucky, whoever, whichever one you want to say, and Iron Man are fighting each other, uh, and they're trying to kill each other, man, there were times that I thought that one of them actually was going to kill the other. I mean, they really were going for broken that. I mean, Civil War is so many things in one. I mean, it's an espionage movie. It's a thriller. It's an action film. And it's an it's an introduction of two great characters. Um, Black Panther. Um, don't get me wrong. I love Black Panther so much. But if Black Panther's movie hadn't been so successful or they even didn't do a Black Panther movie, you still would have been behind him. Um, in any other movie he'd be featured in, you know, until you found out that he, you know, got marked by Thanos. Um, but that small introduction of Black Panther was so well done that it really made you curious and captivated. And I don't think that Black Panther would have had as big of an impact had it not been his strong debut in Civil War. Same thing with Spider-Man. At this point in time, uh, when people heard about Spider-Man coming back, they were like, how many reboots is this guy going to get? And immediately, as soon as he appeared on screen, when he shot that web and snatched it out of Captain America's hands and said hello to everybody, I, I mean, there was a collective sigh. This weight was lifted and we went, yes, this is Spider-Man. Um, Civil War to me is the concrete slab of the next several phases of the MCU. I believe that they opened up the universe in a lot of different ways and they were trying to change a lot of different things about the universe. And that's when you started to see Marvel and these movies go a different direction direction and not be so, uh, by the note, beat by beat, um, just regular old good guys versus bad guys. And I think that's what makes Civil War 
so important. I think that's why it makes the best movie for me tonight because the tonality, the depth and character development, the action set pieces, and just the overall mythology of the MCU that we are going to see for the next 10 years, I think is laid by Civil War. Um, yeah, I, I agree agree that it's an internal conflict for me too because I do love so many of these movies that were on this list um, and both of you made really great points on yours um, mine I'm actually um, my choice for best Marvel movie is going to be the the Avengers the first Avengers movie um, it's just I guess um, the reason that I would say that is because that was kind of a new territory for Marvel with combining so many of the characters in one film, but doing it well. And um, I think that we had one person who actually um, commented on our, on our page about it. Um, and thank you for everybody who did, you know, comment on that for us. Um, and he, he had mentioned that it was groundbreaking. And I think that that's just the perfect word for what that movie was, because it was the first time they had tried to do that and combine so many peoples and different storylines crossing over and everything. And it was just so well done. Um, it, I mean, it was just a great balance of humor and action. They had some dramatic moments and it was just, it lived up to the hype of what what people wanted it to be, I think, you know, and for me, it was honestly, I just, I remember when this movie came out and it seems to me like it just brought a lot of people who they're not typically, you know, cultured on the Marvel universe or really necessarily into the Marvel movies. It kind of really made them want to go see it because of just how it was promoted and just hearing so many good things about it. I just remember a lot of people I knew personally that they're not, you know, huge on superhero movies, quote unquote, you know, but they, they went to see it and they loved it, you know, and I was the same way. Like I wasn't as familiar with a lot of the Marvel movies before seeing Avengers. Um, and it made me want to go back and watch the other ones that were before it, because I was like, this is really great. Like, I want to know the background stories of these characters and everything. And, um, and I think that it was, it was really cool to see, more of the characters in their element sharing spotlight, you know, like not just, there wasn't really just like one main character. Everybody had their moments to shine much like, you know, infinity war and, you know, all of those, but it just, it, it was just the first time they had tried to do that and they just did it so well. And um, yeah, I think that for me, that's why I'm, I'm choosing this one because it kind of was the beginning of, all of this crossover and all of all of the magic that's been happening ever since then and how great progression has been made in the Marvel movies. I'm going to touch on the sports analogy that that Justin brought up earlier. We're like Black Panther might be the LeBron James and you know comparing him to Michael Jordan and all this other stuff. But in that same realm of NBA all-time greats, one person that truly is the greatest of all time that for whatever reason is underappreciated and is is looked over is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And with that, this MCU equivalent is Captain America Winter Soldier. It changed the landscape for almost everything. I mean without uh without Winter Soldier, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have Civil War or Infinity War being what they were for the MCU because with that movie we got the Russo brothers as our 
as, as the directors. And they're now like the big powerhouse team uh, when it comes to directing Marvel movies. And also the weird thing is, is, is if this movie was made now, it would actually end up having more cultural relevance because if you look at the themes in civil or in winter soldier, where it talks about Hydra and infiltrating governments and swaying elections and swaying history and everything like that. And you look at what's going on in, in America right now with, with Trump and what's considered, you know, the, the Russian, uh, colluding to interfere with our election and how apparently Russia's interfering with elections all over the world with misinformation and things like that, doing it very subtly and, you know, not your typical tactics and just kind of influencing things behind the scenes. Like that's what Hydra is in that movie. So you have this movie that takes these, these themes that are just years ahead of what, what we were expecting, you know? And so if like that was made now, it would be like the most like hot button thing in that movie. Everybody would be talking about that because it's, you know, so relevant to political culture in the world and especially in the United States. And, you know, it's, it would just happen to be made a few years ago before all this was like a relevant thing. So it, it doesn't get that credit that it should have with all that. Like, I'm not saying it takes credit for uh, bringing that idea, but essentially the credit for something that is going on now, like as that it called that it's a possibility, you know, it, it was different in that movie, but it's, it's a lot like the same thing now. And then also like, the fight sequences in Marvel movies at this point all go back now to Civil War. Or, I mean, why do I keep saying Civil War? I think it's just because it's so easy to say. Goes back to Winter Soldier because, like, if, if you look at the action sequences in that movie, those were that was a new fighting style in the MCU. And now if you look at movies now, when you look in Infinity War and you look in Black Panther and you look into a lot of these things, a lot of those elements... N- trace back to what they did in civil war or god see i fucking did it again all trace back to <laughs> what they do in winter soldier they you know that really close hand-to-hand combat and you know like with bucky like going for a slash dropping the knife grabbing with its other arm there are elements of that in all these other mcu movies now and they it, it all comes from that because up until that point you never had real action like that it was you know very comic booky and you know there's like a big punch and there's this but it wasn't that real quick hand-to-hand close combat and that's what started all of that for the mcu and when you look at a lot of that stuff and the the elements in which it really changed stuff because it changed stuff for the mcu across the board it showed that like well while iron man had like uh black widow in that movie it showed that you can have a main character and some of these ancillary characters in the movie, and it still be that movie. It doesn't have to be just this person. So, like, you wouldn't have had Thor Ragnarok, that style of movie, without Winter Soldier. Like, all these other movies, they all really get a lot of their stuff from what Winter Soldier did. And, like I said, it's like the unsung hero of the Marvel Universe, kind of like Kareem. And that's all I'm saying on that one. So now, Heather, Devin, and I are all going to more or less talk about why we did not choose uh, Black Panther, which was Justin's pick. So Devin started us off. I didn't choose Black Panther because I don't believe in watching and supporting movies about blackies. I'm joking. That's that a joke. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. So, so, so here's why I didn't pick Black Panther tonight. So I have to really get nitpicky about Black Panther. And here are some things that, um, the movie did wrong, but I think it's more that cultural that that cultural impact that I'm gonna actually speak about. So 
The only thing really that I have to say about Black Panther that I just didn't enjoy as much was the train fight sequence between um, Killmonger and Black Panther. I think the CGI got a little squirrely on that. And then the miracle of Vibranium. I mean, Vibranium did everything. Um, Vibranium, Vibranium, it absorbs attacks and it blasts out power from things. Cool. Vibranium can be made to make clothes. Cool. Vibranium can also heal spinal injuries. Fine. Vibranium can be used to make cars. Cool. You got a flat tire? Vibranium. You got a flu? Put some Vibranium in that. Uh, your wife is leaving you? Have you tried giving her some Vibranium? I mean, Vibranium was just like this miracle thing. And there's no real definite purpose <laughs> for this this material. It's just a huge plot device in this movie. And that right there, I think, really hurt the structure of the film a little bit. Um, but on the cultural aspects of it, um, I'm going to compare this to when Barack Obama got elected the first time. The first time Barack Obama got elected, uh, you saw black people in droves and other people of color in droves coming out to vote. People had never voted before uh, just because there was a black person who was running for president and they were a legitimate candidate for it. Uh, but before then, they really didn't care. They really didn't vote in an election. Uh, they just were going out to the polls uh, not to really exercise their right to vote in a capacity of I have researched this candidate. I have listened to his speech. I have looked at his voting record when he was in Congress. And I, I believe in what he what he's voted for. But just to say, hey, man, you know, it's about time we had a black dude in the office. Now, I'm not by any means saying that was how every person vote in that election, but it's undeniable that that's the reason why some people voted in the 2008 election for Barack Obama. And he made history. But just because you make history doesn't make you the best. You know, Barack Obama made history with how much money he spent. He spent more money than anybody else trying to get elected. Um, he um, he uh, was the first black president to be elected and so on and so forth. But he's not the best president. And I think that's the same thing for Black Panther. Very, very good movie. It's an awesome movie. But I believe that some people just went and saw it. Some people love it just because of that there is a black person being represented well in cinema. I think that's a lot of the reason why. I think a lot of people uh, went and saw it over and over and over again just so it could bolster its mythology. And I think... As you as we go down the line of these Marvel movies, um, there's going to be a lot of nostalgia tied to that. Now, once again, I'm not saying that it doesn't uh, deserve its accreditation or it doesn't deserve its money or anything like that. But I'm just saying it had a leg up because it is really the first black superhero movie that's helmed by a black director, that's helmed by a black producer, that has a predominantly black cast. Uh, that talks about and addresses issues of race that aren't, but without being preachy about it. So with all those things, you know, white people go see it and not feel bad about what they were watching. It was just that, 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 that perfect blend of a movie that could appeal to mass audiences, but still say something. But, you know, in the future, um, if they continue to put a spotlight on other characters of color or different sexes and so on and so forth, I think that that will be looked at as a stepping stone 
and that there will be better movies like that to come out after Black Panther. It just so happens to be the first one. You know, it's like the Barack Obama of MCU movies. You know, that was the very first, you know, black led nation, literally. Um, And I think that's kind of how I view Black Panther. I love that movie. Uh, Two days ago, that was the movie I actually picked as the best movie. But just being objective about it. Um, I have to say that it just, it, today, today it isn't my favorite. And that might be one of the reasons why. Yeah. Um, Devin, I think that's a really excellent point that you made. That, that was really great. Um, for me, I mean, there's, there's no question that this movie has super amazing cultural importance and relevance to it. And it's, it's a fantastic movie. And it's definitely, um, I would say one of my top three, um, Avenger, I'm sorry, um, Marvel movies. Um, I think for me though, it feels like it's kind of just in a league of its own anyway. It feels to me like I watch this movie and I love this movie and I could watch it over and over, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel necessarily to me like it is a Marvel movie. It just feels like it's this great epic movie about this, this king and you know, being the leader of his people and it's excellent at everything it does. But for me, it's, it's a great origin story, but it's so great that it almost feels for me like it's taking me out of that Marvel universe for most of it. Um, which I think, I mean, obviously that's a good thing to do about like an origin story or just a, a, a backstory for somebody. But to me, it just, it felt like a standalone movie that wasn't, it didn't, feel like a Marvel movie to me. So for me, that's, that's really the only reason it's not, I would say my favorite Marvel movie. And and for me, while most of black Panther is incredibly well made, um, it really starts to kind of lose itself a little bit towards the end with it. Some of the stuff, uh, as Devin said, that train fight sequence, uh, the CGI gets a little off. And plus to me with that fight, um, it's, it's something we've seen in Marvel movies in general. We've seen, uh, a Marvel hero fight a just alternate version of themselves before, which in a lot of ways that last fight it was. It was two versions of a Black Panther fighting each other. We got that in Iron Man with Killmon or with uh, Iron Monger. Um, we got that again in Iron Man Two. We got that to some degree with uh in the first uh, Captain America movie with Red Skull. We got that with Thor when it was Thor and Loki fighting each other. And then again, Thor Malekith and Dark World. It's it's something we've seen a lot of. Uh, oh yeah, we can't forget Incredible Hulk and Abomination. It's 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 all the same type of stuff again. And so whenever they went into that again, I was I was a little you know for lack of a better word uh, upset with that just because like we've just seen so much of that and there's just better ways you can do that. I mean I know that's a big problem in comic books in general that a lot of villains, especially for older heroes are just alternate versions of the hero when it comes to like powers and abilities and things like that. It's just another version of the hero, but evil. Um, it, so that was just kind of an unfortunate thing for me with a lot of that is just that we've seen so like so much of that. And then also with that last battle, another thing that bothered me is the the battle outside the mountain between like, you know, the tribes and stuff and the battle inside at a certain point, they became, completely independent of each other what happened in one battle didn't really affect the other one in the context of the movie you know whenever it 
you know, if Black Panther had won, but then the Water Tribe had won, then Black Panther would still have some issues with the Water Tribe. Or if, you know, Black Panther's forces won, but Killmonger won, you would still have some issues with stuff. The fact that they both happened to win respectively, independent of each other, just really didn't change. Like, it, you know, it was just very much a plot part of the movie instead of it just being something where there was some intermixing between the stuff that mattered. Once it got to that point, they were just two separate battles that happened at the same time. And it kind of took a little of the stakes away uh, from Killmonger and Black Panther fighting because, you know, that big battle that was big and epic and, and crazy then mattered a little less. And it just became this thing where it's just some CGI cats fighting on a train. And so that that lost a little bit of, of stuff with me, especially with all it had done and everything leading up to it. That little bit at the end kind of just took away a little too much for me uh it's the same thing i had the same problem in wonder woman wonder woman had all this greatness and it was all built up to this great thing and then just the very end just became this cliche thing we'd seen a billion times and that's a lot of what happened at the end of black panther and it just it bothered me too much for me to say that that's the the best way of doing it justin defend yourself all of those are very good points so i guess i would just do what i can to kind of um, I'll just kind of go in line and just try to counter or at least add something to what everyone said. So I guess I'll start with Devin since he made his points. And that was an interesting analogy about um, Barack Obama. And I totally understand that. I know that on some level that there were people that went out and saw this movie simply because they were like, oh, it's got black people. It's got a black cast. I'm going to go see it. Or, oh, it's, um, you know, my parents, I think, are a perfect example of that. I wound up seeing the movie four times because I had uh, three, four different groups of people that wanted to go see it. And surprisingly, my parents, who they never, ever watch Marvel movies or anything like that. But the fact that they found out that, oh, it's um was a black director, it's a black cast, they wanted to go see it. And they went to go see it and, and enjoyed it. And I do definitely understand that. But where I kind of draw the line is that, yes, I can understand people coming out to the theater and 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 going to go see this and people of color coming out just because it's the first, it's that first MCU black hero that had his own solo movie and they're focusing on it. But to me, it, do, it accomplishes enough to where that can't be the only thing that that can't be the only reason why it got such high critical reviews that can't be the only reason or the main reason i guess i should say you didn't say it was the only that can't be the main reason why it made so much money that 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 can't be the main reason because the acting was so incredibly well done the 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 supporting characters he had, you could argue that those that those females, the um, everybody down to Umbaku, just I mean, and even Andy Circus, there were standout lines, standout performances from all of these people. It, it was more than just the first black movie about black issues and a black superheroes. It was it's very good when you hold it up against the other Marvel movies and you look at their flaws, which we will get into because some of the things you brought up are really similar arguments that I can also say for Civil War and um, Winter Soldier 
and Avengers. And I can say really more so they commit these sins more than Black Panther does. But I just feel like Black Panther does enough in that film, especially with Killmonger. Because Killmonger is one of the strongest villains that they've created. Black or non-black, whether people went for that reason or not, whether you regardless of what reason you went for, when you got there, you got a really quality film with well-rounded characters, well-rounded villains. So I feel like, yes, that is some of the reason why people went to the movies, but I don't know if that's a reason enough for me to disqualify it from being um, the the best Marvel movie. And then um, on to Heather's point um, about the fact that it really didn't feel, and I can totally understand that. Yes, argument. and I'm sorry. Sorry. Can I, can I oh, just yeah, say sure, one sure. thing in that? Now, I want to once again, re- I, I want to reiterate, I am not saying by any means that that movie isn't excellent. I think I even said that several, several times, but- what I was just saying is the cultural yes. impact argument about about what you had said. It, it wasn't really the quality of the movie. I made sure to separate I, what what I had with the quality of the movie versus the cultural. So when I was talking about a cultural impact, I was saying that I just felt it hit that milestone a lot easier than a lot of other Marvel films did because most of them didn't have that clout. They didn't have... Um, they didn't have that history. They didn't have that going forward in these movies. Civil War didn't have, you know, directed by Daniel. I mean, uh, by, uh, uh, by, you know, Jordan Peele or something like that. There was no, there was nothing. It's just like, hey, this is just a better version of, you know, what you've seen from the MCU. So that's what I was saying. I'm not saying that that stuff doesn't matter or that made it whatever. I'm just saying that it had an advantage going into it. You know, it had an advantage being what okay. it was. And so that's why I, I was talking about the culture, not necessarily the quality of the movie, because I don't have many arguments for the quality of the movie. You know, it really is just the vibranium in that ending tra- train fight sequence. Um, everything else to me was just grand about it. And I loved it. Cool. And and, and yeah, and maybe just a, one last thing to say to that, not even really to counter your point, but just kind of to comment on that. Um, as far as the cultural impact, I think that, um, yes, I, I do feel that it does have that advantage because of all of that, like you said, by merit of it being the first. But more than that disqualifies it, I think that qualifies it actually more. Cause when you, cause I feel like for me, when I'm picking a best, I have to look at it from every possible angle I can. And, the fact that this is historically relevant to the MCU and it's culturally relevant to the MCU, I feel like gives it points more than it does disqualify it from points, if that makes sense. So when I'm lining these things up and I'm trying to check off all of these boxes, I feel like Black Panther checks off some of those historical boxes that other MCU movies just can't, just by merit of the fact that it is like that first majority black Afrocentric storyline and an Afrocentric cast. So I feel like just like how Avengers, how somebody could argue for Avengers and say it's groundbreaking because it got all for the MCU because it brought all these characters together. Or just like somebody can say, well, Winter Soldier was groundbreaking because of the political um, drama that it had and it brought sort of a different tone to the Marvel Universe. 
Well, Black Panther is in that same class because it's groundbreaking because it was the first to have this majority black Afrocentric focus and storyline. So it gets to be in that class as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, eloquently spoken as usual, Mr. Taylor. Also, to the people who are watching this, I have a new drinking gang for you. During this podcast, every time somebody says groundbreaking, you have to take a drink of an alcoholic beverage. So get ready to play that game, man. Groundbreaking, groundbreaking, <laughs> groundbreaking, groundbreaking. Now you're too drunk to hate this. Groundbreaking. groundbreaking. You're really drunk now. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But just to quickly comment on Heather. Heather made a great point, too. And and I'm, I'll try to make these you two, you, you and Sterling short because I feel like I'm taking a long time. But anyway, um, but Heather made a very good point that it just didn't feel like a comic book movie. And maybe I can I can understand that. I can understand how it didn't give you the same feelings that you get from a normal comic book movie. It didn't have the same kind of comedy as most of the Marvel movies that we're used to. It didn't have the same kind of tone. It was a little more serious and things like that. So I could definitely understand where you're coming from with that. But again, kind of just piggybacking uh, off of what I said with Devin, I think that more or less qualifies it more than it disqualifies it. The fact that it's different, the fact that it felt so different, those fight scenes, he was talking about, I know Sterling was was commenting on the fight scenes in Winter Soldier, which are, in my opinion, those are the best fight scenes. Winter Soldier, just for everybody to know, is a personal favorite Marvel movie of mine. But the ritual, the, the King ritual fights in Black Panther are some of the most visually pleasant, most different feeling, most epic fights that I think Marvel has ever done. I mean, the the choreography of them, the look of them, the the people standing on this waterfall cheering for them, all of the vibrant African colors, the the fact that you have to fight with no powers kind of raises the stakes. It kind of makes you feel like if you win the throne of King in that Wakanda, in that Wakanda world of Wakanda, you earn it by your own merit and it makes the fight a little more dire and stuff like that. So I felt like um it's it's the things that make black those things that make Black Panther so different that make it feel like it's a different experience altogether. I feel like those are the very things that qualify it to be the best because in a lot of ways it's transcendent. It's giving you something different from what you normally saw. 18 movies, 10 years, and here we are, and this feels like the most different. The It just sets itself apart. It feels like something on another level. So I just feel like that qualifies it to be in the conversation of best more than it disqualifies it. And then lastly, um, with, with Sterling and your points about the third act, and I will agree. I do. I also agree that the third act of this film is the weakest part of the film. I do feel like that. Um, the points that you made about it essentially coming down to um, two of the same characters with like powers fighting each other. That's true. But I will say this, at least in the film, they did avoid it just being about that and that only. They did a couple of things in this film that I feel like save it 
from just plummeting and crashing, kind of like what you what you were talking about, Sterling. For instance, whenever um he told Shuri to alter the um the 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 frequency of the tracks or whatever, so it kind of mucked up their suits or whatever and so then their mask came off and there was some back and forth banter between him and Killmonger about the fight and what they were doing so it wasn't just purely just a CGI brawl big brawl big explosion everything is over that's what we normally see it was a little bit different yes they had that CGI fight and they were plummeting down the tunnel and I will admit the CGI on that was lackluster. I'll admit that. I'm not one of those people that's just going to be like, nope, everything was awesome with it. But they got, they took them out their mask. They had some back and forth banner. We got to see them fight each other and we got to see their faces. We got to see the emotion. And then it closed with a very powerful closing scene where he took him up there so he could see the sunset in Wakanda. There was the line about, you know, I, you know, I don't want to be saved, but, you know, th- throw me in the ocean. I want to go with my ancestors when they jumped off the boat. That whole line, that was just really a powerful line that really just sort of defines that Killmonger character. Then on top of that, the conflict resolution with, t- with T'Challa's worldview being changed because of the villain. So even though, yes, it did have some of those elements that fall apart in the third act, this movie did enough to still separate its third acts from a lot of the other conflict resolutions that are run-of-the-mill that we see in MCU movies. So I guess that would be my counter-arguments for you guys. Well, to do a quick rebuttal against something with what you said against mine, I guess my main issue with with how they handled the third act and that and that last fight between them was the fact that, like you said, Killmonger is probably the most well defined and constructed villain villain in MCU, and just to end up doing the same things they do with all these other villains. Uh, for more examples, Ant Man and Yellow Jacket, uh, Casalius and Doctor Strange. It's just they 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 took these things and they they took this villain that was so fantastic for like 95% of that movie and then just did the same bullshit they do all the time at the end that's what i guess why it hit me so hard is he was so well done and then they just ended up doing the same shit like they had avoided doing the same shit the whole movie and then they just went oh we're going to end this nah it's same shit like i was just like oh it was just so frustrating to see that again yeah I mean, I, I definitely understand. I mean, but I feel like, like, but like I said, I feel like they did alleviate with that, showing their faces, getting them, making it not less about the suits and more about just their one-on-one conversation at the end of that. And then kind of the death scene and stuff like that. It was just a lot more meaningful, man, to me than just the hero overcomes the villain. Everything is okay. And now it's business as usual which we'll get to some of these other movies where they, that you guys say are better that do exactly that. And in my opinion, the scenes are nowhere near as powerful or as impactful to the main character as they were in this film. But we'll talk about that. But, but yeah, that's my point is yes, they did go that route and that is a little cliche, but I still felt like they put some touches on it 
to try to give it a little more quality than what we've seen in the past. And I felt like they did that. Now, just for a little bit of context for everybody, when it came to our listeners or poll on the Facebook with this, Black Panther did tie for second place. We'll go into the full rankings later, but just for uh, just your knowledge and everything like that, it did tie for second place. And uh, we'll discuss who it tied with later. But before that, we will jump into uh, Devin's movie of Civil or Captain America Civil War and starting us off on why they did not choose that is Heather. Yeah. So again, like we've said before, all of these choices are so good. So it's, it's just really hard to choose because Civil War is such a fantastic movie. And it is also one of my favorites, top five easily. Um, really no, there's nothing with it that I felt was particularly wrong with it. That is the reason I didn't choose it. I think it's more personally for me. Um, it's, I mean, I liked that there was that tension and I liked that it was kind of the, the start of, you know, oh, like <laughs> they, the Avengers might not, you know, stay together, you know? Um, I, I liked that, but I also didn't like that because I was like, you know, you have all these heroes like working together and, you know, combining their forces to help the world. And then, oh, it's diminished and that sucks for good reason. And I understand both sides of, you know, Iron Man and of Captain America. Um, but personally for me, I was, you know, team Captain America all the way <laughs> for that. But either way, um, it's, there's nothing particularly wrong with it. It's a very well done movie. It's a fantastic movie. Um, and it's, it's really, I liked about it that they didn't, um, that they, that they show you both of their sides and they, they made you feel it and they made you believe and understand their their sides of things um but for me i think it's just because that's kind of the the point where they you know they stopped agreeing and they stopped being a team that wanted to work together and they they stopped putting aside their differences and wanting to come together and i think that's for me why i personally didn't choose that as the best one because i think that the marvel movies and everything it's always at its best when you see everybody working together and having that teamwork and what i'll say about it is while most of this movie was really well done the one thing that bothered me with some of it was the fact that the sokovia accords becoming an instant issue so fast and having like so little time and so little build up it was just like Movie started, Tony Stark was ambushed by some woman and Sokovia Accords, and now they don't like each other. It's like that was just such a quick way to do it. And it so in a lot of ways it felt it felt incomplete. Like it it left me wanting a little bit more with why. And while they do get into more later, like with why Black Panther joins it and all this other stuff, just the initial conflict that starts it all just felt a little weak. Like it didn't feel like that would actually be something that would drive a a nail into the proverbial coffin of this team. And then going into it later, like I know you talked about how it differentiated from the comics and things like that. One thing that the comics did better than this that I did feel was lacking is that whenever the two sides fought each other in the comics, you did get some stakes very early on. Like you felt like it was a for real fight. Whereas in this, when they meet up at the, uh, at the airport, other than black Panther's involvement with him wanting to get Bucky and things like that, 
it did feel like they had no stakes until the very end of it. And that was just accidental. Like when war, when war machine went down, that was an accidental thing. So other than that, there was really no stakes. Nobody was really trying to do anything. It was just pulled punch after pulled punch after pulled punch. And I know they comment on that in the movie, but like it takes this really great fight sequence that's incredibly well orchestrated and it tames it just a little too much. And then you don't get any stakes until that final one, which for all intents and purposes, it does an amazing job of doing like that last fight between Bucky and Iron Man and Captain America is just absolutely a brutal, brutal fight. But it just felt a little like it. Like I said, it just felt like the movie was pulling its punches up until that. So that's why it just, like I said, it didn't really feel like that heavy until the very end. And for that to be such a long movie and have such many, like so many parts for it to feel that way was just kind of a let down on it. Okay. And um, so just to speak a little bit on Civil War, well, Civil War was like my close number two. That Those were the two movies that I have the toughest time deciding for was Civil War. And then Winter Soldier was just um, underneath those. And I watched all of these movies over again before I made my final decision. But Civil War, I absolutely loved it. But we're nitpicking. So just to give a little bit of the problems I have with that, I just feel like narratively is where Civil War kind of falls apart a little bit. When you think of Zemo's plan in Civil War, there are a lot of things that have to happen that are just purely based on circumstance. A lot of things had to go right for Zemo for this plan to work. Um, Characters had to be in a certain place, certain decisions made by the characters. He had to anticipate those decisions. And some of those were elaborate setups so that the character would, like leaving the dead body in the hotel so that Iron Man would find out about that and eventually go there. So not everything about the plot was that way, but there were just some things about the plot that just felt like, okay, there's that that just had to be a pure coincidence or that had to, all of these things had to have happened perfectly in order for us to get to that moment. And another thing about the movie is the villain Zemo, which I'm surprised nobody spoke on, but... I mean, compared to somebody like Killmonger, I I definitely understand Zemo's motivation. But one knock against the film is that he told us what his problem with the Avengers were. We got to hear hear it in a story, but we didn't get to see it, man. We didn't get to see the anguish of him holding his family or finding them under the rubble after they were under there for three days. We didn't get to see or experience the pain that he went through so that we could kind of understand him or, or more understand why he was so motivated to do this. We heard it, but we didn't see it. The power of something like Black Panther was that we saw what Killmonger went through. We saw um, him walk in there and his father be murdered. We saw the conversation that he had with his father on the astral plane. So for me, that struck harder and that was more powerful to me than what happened in the Civil War movie. So if I'm comparing movies, I really can't put Zemo in the same class as somebody like a Killmonger or Thanos or even a Winter Soldier in the Captain America Winter Soldier movie. So for me, I just didn't feel like there was enough of Zemo. I felt like he kind of got the shaft so that we could get this conflict with Captain America and Tony Stark, which I love. 
I'm not saying I could have would have done it better. There maybe there is a better way to do it. Perhaps that would the way they did it was the best way to do it. Because yes, the conflict between Bucky Cap and Iron Man was more important. But I feel like that was the biggest problem narratively I had with the film. Other than that, I loved it. All right. So those are some really awesome points. Um, I actually agree with a lot of what you guys said. And I would like to say that I was right where Jastin was, um, but caught between Black Panther and caught between Civil War. Uh, and I guess I'll just go one at a time. I'll start with Heather. Um, so when you, a lot of you guys talked about the conflict and the internal conflict of the Avengers. And it's not like these guys were a big, happy family. Let's just go through how these guys met up. So once we got everybody together in Avengers, um, Thor and Iron Man fight. Um, then um, the Captain America fights all three of them. Then um, Hulk tries to fight and kill Black Widow. Uh, then he fights Thor again. Um, even in Avengers 1, Loki's like, man, how do you think you can beat me? How desperate are you to get all of these people who can't even work together to come after me? Um, and you know, Nick Fury goes, you've made me very desperate and all that stuff like that. This conflict has forever been present. And that's been the main key of this MCU when it comes to the Avengers. They're not some big, happy family. They're not some perfect combination of people. There is a lot of conflict. There is a lot of jealousy. There is a lot of history behind each and every one of these characters. And those don't go away because you neutralize a threat. Those old wounds still stay over of what happened. And you don't you may not tread those. You may not talk about those things. However, if there's somebody who can drive a screw into that, who can bring that past up and illuminate even darker parts and even greater wrongs, that can, can completely change a team's dynamic. So that's why um, it all makes sense in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the conflict between these people. There's never a real let's shake hands, let's talk about our problems and we get to move on. I mean, at the end of Avengers 2, Hulk got in a spaceship and just went away, just left. You know, some of these characters didn't even interact with each other after these big events because they seriously just don't like each other when it comes right down to it. So that conflict has always been there. Um, it, it doesn't detract from it to me and, and to quote Justin, I think that that qualifies more than it disqualifies because they keep that narrative because that's a human thing. We've all had to work with people for a greater good, but been like, I still don't like that motherfucker. I mean, everybody's done that before. So to me, that's what, <laughs> to me, that's what, that's why that argument doesn't really line up for me. Um, next I'll go in with Sterling. Oh, did you, Heather, were you going to say something? Um, the only thing I was going to add is we're adding to the drinking game that qualify and quantify. <laughs> you have to drink when you hear that too now. You know so, what? I think, that's, I think that's a groundbreaking idea. <laughs> okay. I will qualify it, that. You beat me to it. Damn it. I was going to say that. You beat me gotcha. to it. Good, good, gotcha. Okay. Now for Sterling. Um, you talked about how the stakes just wasn't high and the whole airport secrets fight was kind of superficial. But to you, I kind of raise you on that because um, in there, T'Challa was really close to stopping them. And then Black Widow stopped him with the, you know, electrocution darts or whatever, uh, showing that kind of duplicitous nature that she kind of has. Um, 
And so to me, that just kind of showed where where they stayed in tune with each and everybody's character. Of course, these people don't want to murder and kill each other. Of course, they don't really want to hurt each other, but they're fighting against um, they're fighting against what they want versus what is right, which is actually kind of funny because that's kind of what um, kind of what this whole podcast is about is about. What movie is objectively the best versus what you feel is the best? Um, and going through here, I mean, objectively the best. That's why I love Civil War. So I just think that's kind of ironic, um, about that. Um, I think that you saying that the whole movie pulled punches. I just can't really agree with that because from the start, they go ahead and rupture the team. Uh, with Tony, you get to see those final moments with his parents and what a weakened emotional state he's in before he goes to that conference, uh, before he finishes up his presentation. And then for that woman to come tell him what happened in Zakovia. And you could see how that just really grinded on him and everything was good. You know, uh, the last time we saw the Avengers together, they were eating shawarma in a cafe after, um, <laughs> after, wait, hold on. Was that Avengers? They were eating the shawarma or was that Zakovia? I can't remember. Yeah, that was okay, sorry. The last time we saw them was in uh, just chilling was in Age of Ultron where they were trying to pick up Thor's hammer. So it seemed that things were okay. And for him to come back and just go, well, while everybody's happy over here, while we were kicking ass, people were dying. And so I don't think that's a pull it punch. And punch. I think that's good pacing. I think that's good developing. And you know, when it comes right down to it, even though they had all these major conflicts, they have up until that point been able to put their personal agendas aside and do what was for the greater good. But the cool thing about Civil War is there was really no greater good or no um real existential threat. There wasn't a sky beam. There wasn't something falling from the heaven. There was no Thanos. There was no real conflict besides the ones that Zemo had created. And you have the Zakovia Accords and stuff like that. But all of that was uh, all different types of villains. The things that broke the Avengers up in that movie were all real world, um, like minuscule human things that broke them up. And I think that was great. It did a great job of portraying the humanity of that. And I loved it. And then at the end of that, I don't, it doesn't matter how much the punches were pulled by the time Cap and by the time uh, Bucky and Iron Man started getting it on in there and started fighting, man, it was great. Um, it, it really just did so much with those characters and you saw the fracturing of it. And especially with T'Challa, you saw how wise and how patient and how different a character he was because he's the first character MCU to go, you know what? I'm not going to be caught up in this, this cycle of revenge and this cycle of bloodletting and constantly trying to get people back for this and that. And I'm not even going to let you kill yourself. I'm going to send you back to um, the law with Zemo. Those are things that just makes it stand apart. Jason, you were talking about um, making a villain and making a conclusion stand apart. Man, that's been one of the best conclusions ever in any Marvel movie, which I absolutely love. And speaking of Jazz, Justin, I understand that Zemo's plan, and I believe you're right. It was convoluted. It was heavily relied on circumstance. But we all know that all these films have a plot device. And to me, Zemo is just the vibranium of Black Panther. 
I mean, you want to talk about circumstantial. You want to talk. You want to talk about. You want. You want. Okay. You want to talk like about you circumstantial. <laughs> you want to talk about circumstantial. You want to talk about. It just happens to be a fixed R and a fixer upper. Man, I mean, vibranium is definitely the Zemo as a movie, and he, uh, Zemo of um of a uh, Black Panther. Um, the next thing is that I don't think Zemo's whole point was to be this gigantic obstacle for the um the Avengers to have to overcome or topple like Killmonger was. You know, he wasn't supposed to be physically imposing. He wasn't supposed to be. He wasn't supposed to be um um this big flamboyant um charismatic vi- uh villain. He was supposed to be conflict you don't see. He was supposed to be the assassin in the shadow. He was supposed to be much like he is in a comic book a mastermind, a manipulator. That's how he does it. He can't go hand to hand with these guys. He can't take off his shirt and have cuts all over and be like, yeah, this is all the people with who says who say W's like V's that I've killed because I've been killing fools for all this. No, he was a whole different type of threat. You know, he was kind of like Hydra. He his his whole existence wasn't to take over the world. It wasn't to um, it wasn't to make, you know, a beam blow up the earth or the planet. He wanted to cause division. You know, he, he is Vladimir Putin. It doesn't matter who wins, who loses, who dies. The only thing that matters is that you guys are fighting. You don't trust each other and you don't love each other. And he is the only villain up until Thanos to win. What Zemo does works. He breaks up the Avengers. Captain America goes into hiding. He's breaking people out of shield bases. Him and Tony Stark stop fighting. Hulk is gone. Thor is gone. The Avengers are split up. Zemo wins in that movie. Bucky gets sent to Wakanda. Zemo wins in this movie. Had Thanos not come, then this would have continued to play out. That's something that they did better than any movie. Until Thanos, Zemo is the only one who wins. You want to talk about somebody, a villain who did something that affected a hero? Black Panther is one guy. What Zemo did affected every single one of the Avengers and everybody in the MCU. And that's why I think this movie is so great. It's because of the subtlety. It wasn't, it was grandiose in its own way, but there were subtle things that happened in that movie that I think that just kind of resonate with me tonight. Because honestly, I'm getting torn up arguing that Black Panther isn't the best. (laughs) It's a really hard thing to say. It really is. It's tough for me to say, (laughs) but I want to make sure that I'm objective. And I just that's why I think objectively this is by a very narrow margin, just by a very narrow margin, better than Black Panther tonight. And that's probably going to change by the time I wake up tomorrow. (laughs) Good points. Solid, man. Solid. Arguing back. Good stuff, man. For some context on this one, Civil War is tied for fourth uh, with the next movie we're going to talk about which is avengers the first one so with avengers and why i didn't necessarily pick avengers is because while it was groundbreaking so take a shot motherfuckers um with a lot of what (laughs) it did honestly later movies just did it better like i know it was the first one to do a lot of these things especially with the whole idea with the combined universe like it was the one that solidified all that. It's the one that truly showed that these, you know, all these characters from all these movies 
we're in the same universe. It's just other movies did what Avengers did uh, to some degree better. You know, like the team aspects of some of the stuff, you see better versions of that in Age of Ultron. While it's not a better movie, you see some better versions of it. Uh, you, you know, you see like the fight sequences on that large of a scale. You see a better version of that in other movies. You know, with these characters and the way they intermingle, you see that better in other movies. So while it it really was the first, it's just now that we're 19 movies in, I've just I've seen too many things that are better for that to even stay that uh, to stay as the best on my list. Justin. All right. Avengers one. Um, Man, just to piggyback off of some of the things that Sterling was kind of saying, I think that that's really the only thing I can think of as well is that. We've just had so many of the movies that are of such higher quality at this point. I just can't say that th- that it was number one, especially when I think about something like Civil War, because Avengers, I, th- the feelings that I remember that I got watching that movie, it was so enjoyable to see all these characters on screen. And I was just so excited. My My jaw just dropped when they were all on the New York streets fighting all those aliens, doing those team-up moves, and Iron Man shot a beam, and Cap reflected it off his shield, and they hit a wave of aliens, and Thor was just knocking people around, and um, Hulk was jumping from building to building, just throwing people, um, making craters on the earth, throwing aliens here and there and everywhere. It was just an awesome film. And it just gave me such, like, you know, a comic book nerd gasm if you will but for me i feel like later movies just gave me that same excitement but it was just much more enjoyable and like the the last movie we talked about civil war when it gets to that airport fight scene and yes i understand that the stakes weren't there but that is pure comic book fun that has to be just one of the most memorable comic book fun scenes because it was all of those characters much like the blueprint that avengers once said and seeing all of them interact seeing spider-man swinging around and having these interactions with captain america seeing uh uh ant-man go giant man all of a sudden and grab war machine and you know everybody's like oh what what the hell is going on now like the the feelings that i got watching that were twice it was like amplified feelings of what the first avengers gave me so and and that movie was great it was balanced it was um it had there were a lot of great scenes especially with loki and everything like that but i just feel that as a movie we got big we got larger states stakes in later movies we got a little bit better villains not saying that loki wasn't a well-developed or not a good villain but we just got something a little more serious. We got something a little bit of um, more dire tone with some of the later Avenger movies and some of the later um, standalone movies that we got. So I just feel by merit of that, this is good, but best, it's just hard to call it the best. But it is definitely one of the most important Marvel films. It's one of the more significant Marvel films, but I just don't know if those are enough qualifications to make it the best out of the 10 years of movies that we got. All right. And for me, um, to me, 
the first Avengers movie is a lot like um the first Halloween. You know, it is groundbreaking. Take a drink. Um, it's genre defining, but also it's an architect of the tropes and the points of contingency of many of the Marvel movies, whether it comes from certain characters not being illustrated correctly, a villain being easily dispatched, a sky beam, and so on and so forth. And so, it, in its own way, it did something that had never been done before, but laid the architecture, architecture, um, it laid the architecture, uh, to have those same tropes that people began to really just not like. So, I don't think that this actually, um, qualifies the movie to be the best after the 10 years of progress. It actually disqualifies this movie. Take a drink, please. Um, and I think that is why, <laughs> so I think Take that is why on my end, why Avengers, why I still love it. Um, it doesn't even have the replay value of some of these other movies. I have seen Black Panther, Avengers, Winter Soldier, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, even like Iron Man 1 far more times than I've seen the first Avengers movie. That's it. All right, Heather, defend yourself. Okay, so I definitely see all the points here. Um, okay, so I will say for basically since um, Sterling and Jason kind of had the same issue with it, um, I do agree. Like, I definitely see your point about later movies doing it better. But I would also just say that, um, you know, had they not done this one with, you know, all of the team members together and just how how they just did this movie – um, if they hadn't done it as well as they did, um, it wouldn't have been as well received for maybe the later movies. Like they, they, people wouldn't have been as excited to see them or wanted to see them as much, or they wouldn't have made as much money and they wouldn't have wanted like, you know, another Avengers and then, you know, or whatever else, because this one, if this one hadn't done that well, they wouldn't have wanted that as much. So, um, and while I do, I do agree, you know, Infinity War and just, um, even Civil War and all of them, they did do, you know, so many things, you know, it just, the, the Marvel universe and the movies have evolved a lot and you definitely can see it, but I kind of feel like Avengers was the turning point of it evolving the way that it did, in my opinion. So, um, so yeah, I think that, you know, like not that the later movies aren't, but it's just that this is just a very rewatchable one. And it's kind of like the, the thing that I feel got a lot of people excited about, you know, the team of Avengers and a lot of those superhero characters that I, I'm coming from the standpoint of somebody who I didn't read the comics before. And I wasn't, like I said before, into the, the Marvel movies quite as much until this was the turning point for me of caring about it and wanting to see it and, and rooting for them all and wanting to know more about who these characters are and how they work together. So, um, and I think, Justin, you said it well when you said that it is a very important movie. I feel like it is such an essential movie um, going forward for what happens that this movie was made, but that it was made well. Um, and for Devin's, I I definitely see that. But again, coming from somebody who I've um, maybe this ruins my credibility, but <laughs> just coming from somebody who's only seen these characters from the movies, that's not something that bothered me. And I feel like there's a lot of people that, you know, maybe if characters weren't done right or certain things weren't done right in the movie, like if it's characters, I think some people loved it. You know, they loved the humor and the whatever. And if you think about it, Thor's character, he was completely, you know, rewritten after 
the second Thor movie, I think, but I feel like this was the start of Thor becoming that more like humorous, like just likable Thor, you know? And I, I kind of think that this was, you see a little bit of the start of that in this movie. And, um, so, but I mean, I, I definitely do see your point with that, but I think for me and for a lot of people I know that did actually read the comics, they didn't mind the changes. And I know that it's kind of just a matter of, you know, what you do and don't like. But for me, it just, I just don't think it bothered that many people because I feel like it's just a very well received movie all around. All right. Avengers did tie for fourth. Uh, with with Civil War and the fan polling. And now on to the movie that is the undisputed champion of, of our little Cinefan family here. And the best one there is, because I said so. So, Justin, try to argue. <laughs> try to argue against Winter Soldier. Wow, man. Now, this is going to be tough for me because... Winter Soldier is personally my favorite movie. It's my favorite Marvel movie to watch. Um, I'm a I'm an avid Captain America fan. And this, I love the way Captain America was depicted in this. I loved um, the, the fight scenes in this movie are still the actions, really a lot of the action sequences. The Nick Fury car chase crazy scene was just fantastic. The 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 boat raid mission that they did on that naval boat, the the fight with um Winter Soldier and Captain America on the highway. There's just a lot of awesomeness in this movie. So this is a personal favorite of mine. But objectively, when I look at this movie and I watched it recently, just looking for flaws, like looking for what was missing, what why Am I not so quick to call this film the best of what Marvel has to offer? And I did come up with a few things. First of all, and I think this is probably the biggest um, sin of the movie, is that there really is no character growth for Captain America. If you really think about this film and you think about it from beginning to end, Captain America is the same Captain America from the from the time we start to the time it's over. He doesn't make any bad decisions. All of the people that Captain America thinks he can trust wind up being people that he can trust. All of the people that Captain America is sketchy about wind up being the people who are the bad people in this movie. He, there never really is a moment really of conflict with him, or at least it's not really displayed well. Like, yes, it was a shock for him when he discovered that Bucky was the Winter Soldier, but after that, when they're talking about the plan and the 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 raid on these Shield helicarriers that are going to target all of these potential threats and zap them through a satellite, which really, when you think about it, just sounds so silly. And that's probably another knock against the movie is the stakes or the what Hydra was trying to do in this movie was just really, really impractical compared to what other plans, other villains had in this movie. But to go back to that, Captain America, when, when it comes down to it, he makes all the right decisions in this movie. He's right all the time. Even the whole thing with Nick Fury trusting people and um, and everything with uh, Robert Redford's character, you know, there's never a time where Cap is like, well... Are they right? Should we do, should America be more about preemptive striking and put, and 
doing potential threats and stuff like that. I just didn't feel like there was any character growth for this character. It Now, it does come later in Civil War, which is why I feel like Civil War is superior to Winter Soldier, because in that film, Captain America does have to make some hard choices. He does make some mistakes, and he does have to wind up telling Tony that my decision to protect the Winter Soldier and not tell you about the history of him and what happened with your parents was wrong. But that's all in Civil War. That doesn't happen in Winter Soldier. He is just the perfect superhero fixing the messes of every single person around him. And to me, that's a flaw of the movie when you have something like Black Panther, where we really see a character progression, where we see him be this one way. And then by the movie's end, he has changed. He has um, the, the whole experience has changed him as a character. And I can't say that for Cap. So that'd probably be the biggest thing or the biggest problem that I had with it as far as that. Yeah, that's a good point, Justin. Um, For me, I also really like Winter Soldier. It's also in one of my tops. Um, The only thing I think sort of in line a little bit with what you're saying, um, it's it's a good movie. But I think that a lot of um, what... Civil War did with Captain America's character and just that storyline in general just did it better than Winter Soldier did or just made it stand out more, made it more relatable, just made it more um, watchable for me. I just think that, yeah, for me, it's just that Civil War just kind of overshadowed Winter Soldier um, as a whole. But it's still just a very good movie. That's that's really my only reason that for me it wasn't my pick. Great points by Justin and Heather. Everything they said. I think the only thing that I have to really hide for, I mean, not hide, hide, really. Man, I'm not going to say anything groundbreaking for the rest of this podcast. Take a drink. <laughs> You've had a lot <laughs> of think, shots yeah. just recently, <laughs> Take I shot, think. Take a okay, shot. so just disqualify. I repeat, do not qualify. That last thing I said, take a shot. Um, <laughs> take a um, shot. Hey, so, um, <laughs> but back to um, Winter Soldier, I really do feel like it is a, a big setup for Civil War. There was a lot of things left up in the air at the end of it. And you knew that the Russo brothers were just saying, hey, if you thought this was good, just wait for Civil War, because this is what this is really where we're going to have the reins to do what we want. Um, the other thing that I have to talk about is more of a character. Uh, Robert Redford, his turn as the, the the evil congressman or whatever it was, was just so disingenuous and just so jarring. And I felt kind of unnecessary. I think if you take that turn out, the, the whole situation could have played out just as it, uh, it would have. I don't think there would have been anything to really stop that from happening. Uh, so I just really didn't dig that. That's a problem I have with the film. Just that turn was just so, okay, another evil congressman or another evil person who was a good person and all that good stuff. So um, that was really the only thing that I, I take away from Winter Soldier. But once again, that's definitely in my top five. It really is just a shame to argue over these movies because it's just so hard to pick them. I mean, it's so hard to pick them. So hard. Right. Like, you know. Yeah. It hurt you know, me to even it, say it, anything it, bad you, about you, you don't know how I feel about Black <laughs> Panther. I'm going to go have to, like, just write an email <laughs> to, you know, De- uh, uh, Michael Kugler. And I'm going to have to, you know, write an email to, you know, uh, 
to uh, <laughs> chat with Bozeman and everybody involved. Just go. I said something on the podcast. You're never going to hear about it because I'm an ant man. Dad jokes. I've got them. Going to need to <laughs> cleanse your soul, Devin. Um, but I just want to say I apologize for saying that you're not the best Marvel movie. I feel really bad. All right. Well, I'm I'm not really going to break these down individually. Um, I'm just going to kind of address it like as a whole. Like with a lot of this stuff, I could see where you're coming from <laughs> if you were right. But like since you're not, it's really easy to kind of break it down against it. Because one, it's not satellites zapping people, Justin. The whole idea of it all is that they've come up with the ability to track people that would be against hydra's agenda and then the gunships would then shoot them with physical bullets so it's not really a satellite zapping scenario like i know that doesn't sound quite less ridiculous but the fact that like it's still a comic booky an idea that within the context of the movie does translate to the screen very well because you do see the uh the destructive capabilities of these ships and like with like when it comes to captain america's growth in the movie i'm actually going to argue that that's not a flaw with the movie but that's actually a flaw with the uh the civil war or with captain america's character as a whole in the mcu because even even though you argued that he you know admits he was wrong for not telling tony about uh about bucky in in that movie he still didn't really say that he would like the whole thing is that like every decision he makes he 100 like and 20 percent is behind every time he makes that decision in every single movie and for the most part like that's just his character that's his role in in the mcu he's just like you know he's he's the guy that says what he believes and he's always way always ready to defend it and he'll always back it and he never backs down like the people he trusts are the people he trusts like that's just what he does i mean it's the same thing in, the, in captain america's uh first avenger well he does go through that physical transformation the whole reason why they chose him is because of the morality and the person he is so that's just kind of been his role and so like well i that's why i don't necessarily see it as a flaw with this movie and i would argue like i said that it's a flaw with the character as a whole and then like as far as it being a civil war setup they didn't actually know they were going to end up doing civil war at this time so I, i'm going to argue that that you can't even say that it's a civil war setup just because that wasn't in the, that wasn't in the game plan yet you know especially with the russo brothers being the directors of it and all like a lot of that stuff hinged on this movie so it wasn't even the fact that they they had the foresight to do that or anything like that it's just that's the natural progression of it all because for a lot of things it did close the doors on it the only real thing it left open was the fact that bucky was now like not brainwashed and out like that was the only real open window they had and you could have left that part out of civil war and it wouldn't have really changed too terribly much uh about them they still could have done a lot of that movie without that aspect of it so i don't see it as a setup and also the whole robert redford thing i mean that is truly a uh like it, it's a callback to the genre of the movie it is i mean it's for it being that spy espionage thriller like that cold war era movie that's actually just kind of a trope that they do with those movies it wasn't that it was you know like unnecessary or anything like that that's actually just a callback and an homage to the the genre in which it does so it it makes complete sense to me why they would do that because that's one of my favorite genres of movies i mean that's one reason why i love star trek 6 undiscovered country is it's the same type of movie it's that cold war era spy thriller movie and that's all this was and so when you have that twist at the end with the high-ranking person you know that has ties to everything uh pulling you know pulling strings from that high position it just makes complete 
complete sense to me. And uh, and that, like I said, and that's why the fans voted with me. And that's why I'm right. I was just going to say, you're, you're talking about like the flaw with the character of Captain America. I just... I just wanted to point out for me, the reason that Captain America is my favorite of the superheroes is because he never like wavers from his moral standards. And I think that's what makes him a great superhero. And also we're adding tropes to the drinking list. That is all. I'm going to have to disqualify and not qualify, take a shot, um, your argument, because you said you weren't going to break it down. You're going to go at it as just one big lump sum and you broke it down, sir. So you, Leonidas, are wrong, okay? You were wrong. Your arguments are not groundbreaking. And how dare you, how dare you say that Civil War is not number one and that the public agree with, they didn't agree with you. They've been misled by you. They've been misled by you. (laughs) You are Hydra, okay? You're once again twisting information Twisting information hey, to suit your meat and your no hand, I had no hand in the fan voting. You don't know that. If anything, the fans hate me more than anybody. I mean, I'm the one that says that's speculation. <laughs> hey, all I know is I'm the only one of us. I'm the only one of us that has caused an internet outrage at least once, if not a couple of other you times with some of the things I've said. And <laughs> we have we have anecdotal evidence of somebody talking to you about how they hate me because of what I say on this podcast. And so maybe they hate what you stand for. Maybe they hate your so subverted nature. Why, like, nature. Th- nobody's nobody's being misled. Well, by that's me. your that's your thing. You 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 are subversive, and you make people want to disagree with you. So they went, okay, what movie would Sterling pick? And they go, I bet you that he would never pick Winter Soldier. He just wouldn't do that because he has to say anything about it. You go, ha ha, fools! All of my antagonizing and negativity have played directly into my hand. You have been manipulated (laughs) because that is my favorite MCU movie. (laughs) Or the most likely, the most likely and obvious answer is that it just (laughs) is the best. So that's why I would obviously choose it. And that's why the fans would agree with me. And the reason why I said like, Oh, I'm not going to break it down, but like that, it's just the fact that like I was just going to do it in one statement. I wasn't going to be like, Justin, you said this. Heather's, you said this. Devin, you said this. I just went on the points that I wanted to discuss. That's all. Like So while I did break down some of them, I'm just saying I went on the points instead of going, Justin's points were this, and I'm going to counter with this. Heather's points were this and this. No, I just went for it all at once. Sir, I just went for like the points the I wanted to talk about. Generation X before you, you broke it down. You broke it down, okay? Just not to the same degree you guys did. That's all I'm saying. Okay, but but just to quickly comment or rebuttal some of your rebuttals about Winter Soldier. Because, man, I really gave this a lot of thought. And, uh, okay, I get what you're saying about the Robert Redford character. But I just feel like, man, when it comes to other villains in the MCU and stuff like that, uh, because of the whole, it, it was kind of like that Wonder Woman situation. Because we didn't really find out who the main villain was until about halfway through, we did we weren't really sure of who the villain was. You sacrifice development for that character. So I feel like with the Robert Redford character, like we uh, there there wasn't enough development for him to be like a standout villain. I just don't feel like he got the development necessary or the the importance necessary to really be that to be a standout villain. So I think when you're comparing which movie is the best, 
You've got to look at that. And they sacrificed some of that for him, whereas other movies like Black Panther got a full development of their villain. And if you think about it, really, his he was more of a villain for Nick Fury than he was really for Captain America, if you think about it, because... Really, that story with Robert Redford, it comes full circle with Nick Fury's story, the elevator story about his grandfather and not trusting people and stuff like that. And the whole reason why Nick Fury was building those helicarriers. Then when he came face to face with Robert Redford being the Hydra turncoat and everything like that, it, it was almost like Nick Fury came face to face with the monster that he could could have become with his trust issues and stuff like that. So there was really more of a story there with him and Nick Fury than it was with him and Captain America, which you can say that that's a good thing about the film. But I feel like I, but I feel like that really hurts it because it, there wasn't that conflict between him and Cap. There wasn't that tie between him and Cap, there wasn't that eventual collision course with them because it was more about Cap's focus on the Winter Soldier. But the Winter Soldier was just a brainwashed victim, really. And one last thing, just to clear that all up. Between these two villains that haven't met and you get that eventual collision course, that didn't even happen in this film. Like, there was, you know, they had already met up. Cap and Winter Soldier fought once, that they fought several times in the movie. So there was never like this eventual collision course where the main villain goes against the main protagonist. You didn't even really have that in this movie. So the story was just told a completely different way. But I think it hurts it when you compare it to superior narratives like um like Civil War and movies like Black Panther. Well, that's the the thing is this is where the, this is the flaw of, of the argument and everything. Robert Redford is not the main villain. Robert Redford is the highest ranking person in that, but he's not the main villain. The main villain isn't a person. The main villain is Hydra. Ultimately, the the villain of this movie is the whole the organizational aspect of Hydra as a whole. So you do have aspects of it, like you've got Zola, you've got Crossbones, you've got uh Bucky. Those are they're they're parts of Hydra. That's the whole like like the the antagonist of this movie isn't Robert Redford, it's Hydra. While he is the highest ranking member that we see in this, he's not the main villain. Like that's the aspect of it that you're missing with it, is that it's Hydra. It's the morality of Hydra versus the morality of Cap. Like that's the ultimate battle in this movie. Like while they do have the fight sequences and things like that, to to say Robert Redford isn't the like the villain that should be in all this other stuff, it that's because he's not that's what not what he is. It's Hydra is the Just villain. Just a brick in the wall. That makes sense. I I think that's a cop out though, man. I think that's a I think it's a cop out though, man, because the because he's the catalyst for everything that happens in this movie, Sterling. He's the one that starts the whole he's the one that tries to get Nick Fury killed, tries to blame him for that stuff. He takes over the helicarriers. He's the one orchestrating all of this. So in with the confines of this movie, yes, I understand that Hydra is the villain. But it doesn't get a pass, man, because the Robert Redford character is the one that's orchestrating everything that's happening. He's controlling the Winter Soldier. He's doing all of this. I mean, he's the guy in this movie, man. I mean, even though, yes, he he is the guy. 
No, but that's the thing. He's the face. He's the <laughs> face of the organization on it. No, no, no. Because that is a big thing in Captain America. There's a lot of parts in Captain America where, like in the comics especially, where that is the big thing. It's not that Captain America is fighting this. You're 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 fighting the plan of Hydra. Well, there's multiple parts and people in that. It's it's overall the plan that you've got to fight. You've got to fight the organization of Hydra. And it's so it's not really like I said, it's not the cop out aspect of it. That's just very true to what Captain America is in the comics and why it happens like that on the screen. Like, well, he might be the one doing it, but he's not the head of Hydra. Like that is still established in this. He's not the head of Hydra. He's just the head of this part of the plan because there were aspects of this plan that Zola was in, in charge of. Like that's the whole difference with it all is he's not the complete mastermind of the plan because all the stuff that was happening with Winter Soldier and things like that happened well before Robert Redford was even like a part of Hydra. So like a lot of those aspects of this plan that we see in this movie were stuff that were developed before Robert Redford was even a part of it. So like, that's what I'm saying is he's not the mastermind. He's just the one taking these pieces now and using them as Hydra seems fit because that's the whole point of Hydra is it's, it's a cell organization. There are aspects of it that some people are in control of in other places. Like when you see Baron Strucker in, uh, Age of Ultron. What he's doing for Hydra there has nothing to do with what Hydra was doing with Robert Redford. Like those are two totally different plans happening. They weren't interlinked. They were just two different plans because that's how Hydra works. And that is something established in these movies. So that that's why I'm saying is that you can't say it's all him and he's planning this and doing that. While he was like a main part with some of the aspects that you talked about, he's still not the main villain with it all. There's so much more happening because that's so what Hydra is. So are you saying is. that Killmonger isn't the main villain because if that T'Changa actually is the main villain? Because had he not killed Killmonger's father, then Killmonger wouldn't have had a motivation to do all the things he had? Exactly. Like, that doesn't make any sense, Sterling. Like, you got to have a central... There has to be somebody that the film focuses on. Like, there has to be a central focus for the movie to make any kind of coherent sense so within the confines of this movie i mean i totally get what you're saying and i don't think i was saying that he is the main villain of hydra because that's not really what this what this was about per se but this conflict the conflict between the characters the assassination of nick fury the whole thing about shield breaking up all of this was being orchestrated and the head of that was Robert Redford. Yes, he was a representative of Hydra. Yes, he's not the main part of Hydra. But the particular focus of this movie was about Robert Redford's interactions with S.H.I.E.L.D., Nick Fury, and Captain America and the Winter Soldier. It was him kind of orchestrating everything and stuff like that, which is why the movie, when he died, the conflict that was, uh, that was going on there ended, and then Cap put his focus on trying to go after the winter soldier that, that why didn't cap at the end of the movie go well he's only one part now it's time to find the rest of the whole he didn't because you know, he did. they didn't even he did do that no he was like no i'm going after bucky i just watched it bro no, I, I know just okay, watched okay 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 I, I get what you're saying he does say the word bucky but then you even see in other movies later he's going after hydra because also the argument with the whole thing with black panther is an incredibly flawed argument you're talking about a causation in a story versus an actual character that is a completely nonsensical argument that because that the real villain is this no that's a causation 
Like that's a motivational reason. So to, to argue that, that the real villain is Black Panther's father because he does that, that you're arguing a cause like cause and effect versus a narrative structure. Like that makes no sense as an argument. Because like I said, there are huge aspects of this that are that were done before Robert Redford's character was even there. It never even says that it's his plan. They always say it's Hydra's plan. They never actually say it's his plan to do it. He could be the one where they came up with this plan and they go, Robert Redford, you're in place. You do this. Like they never actually say in the movie that it's his plan, that he's the one that came up with it, that he did this. He did that. Like it's all, it's all said that it's, it's Hydra doing what Hydra does. It's all said that it's Hydra doing this. It's Hydra doing that. It's never once said that he's the one that orchestrated every single aspect of it. Also, when Robert Redford dies, the conflict doesn't end. They still actually still have to stop those gunships. Like, they still have to complete their mission. Like, killing Robert Redford doesn't stop the conflict. Hydra's still going to go. Like, when you cut off one head to grow, he's still. they still have to go stop it. Like that is still like a, also like a non-causation. Because when Robert Redford dies, Captain America didn't just go, well... We're done here. We don't have to stop these gunships. No, he still has to do it because they're still going to do their plan. Okay, so I could go in about how T'Changa being not only a cause and effect, but also a part of the narrative structure of why Killmonger does what he does. But I want to just go past that. Now, when you're talking about Hydra, you're right. It had many different parts. It had many different things that moved around. But there was always one central character who was responsible for all of the real bad stuff that Hydra was doing and the execution of the plans. In Captain America, that was Red Skull. He was the guy. Once he was defeated, yeah, they had to go do some other things and clean up some mess and get a Tesseract or whatever the hell they had to do. But once he was defeated by Captain America, once they crashed in that plane, uh, that was it. They were they were pretty much done except for a few remnants. Then in Civil War, there was one other. The main plot twist was that Zola had transformed his transferred his consciousness into a computer. See, that was the plot twist twist that worked in that movie, uh, which is that's all they needed because that was the mouth agape movement. That was really groundbreaking for that story. Take a shot. Um, but with Robert Redford, he ended up being the next plot twist, the one behind the mask, if you will, behind the second mask. And he became the main guy once Zola launched those missiles and blew himself up trying to kill Black Widow and Cap. Then it went to Robert Redford. And then you found out that he, like Jason said, had orchestrated the assassination on Nick Fury, had actually went through and, you know, did some politicking to make people in the government sign off on this technology that preemptively killed people and kind of have this minority report type of vibe to it. He was the one who they had to stop. And once Black Widow was like, nah, you guys aren't going to hand over the keys to this, he's the one who started forcing people to whatever sign up or do whatever they had to do. I can't quite remember right now, but he was the main, he turned out to be the main antagonist because it was his actions that set forth all of those other actions. So to say that he's not the main bad guy because his name is not Hydra man or something is, is it's idiotic. doesn't make any sense. Well, if you really want to get deep into it, He's not the main, he, he was not the main head of Hydra with this. In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they actually go into that. Uh, I can't remember the character's name. He's actually in the uh, uh, the Shadow the Shadow Shield people in Avengers. 
uh, you know, when Nick Fury yeah. talks to all the shadow people, uh, it's one of those guys. He's a kind of famous actor. He's got like the mustache and like the longish gray hair. He's been in a billion things. Um, but no, it was actually his character was even higher up in, in, in Hydra than, than Robert Redford's character was. It's just where Ro- Robert Redford's character was when he was appointed by the, the president to be in charge of shield in that movie uh, is why he was the more or less the point man on everything is because he was the one that was just in the best place to make sure some of these pieces happened. I'm not saying that he wasn't the one that like went after uh, Nick Fury and things like that, but with Hydra and what they've established in these movies, what Hydra does is they take advantage of what other people are already going to do. So Nick Fury was already going to make these gunships and, you know, using some of the stuff that he didn't know was from Zola but that it was from Zola. So Nick Fury was already going to do like to push for these gunships and everything like that. So all Robert Redford's character had to do, like he wasn't necessarily pulling any strings or anything like that. He was actually doing what Nick Fury wanted. So it's, it's not necessarily the coincidence aspect of it all. He's just that, that person that's there to take advantage of what's given to him to make these plans happen. Because like you, you you see in this movie, there are some aspects of some of this stuff that they needed to happen uh, from other people's stuff. Like, you know, Nick Fury's like paranoia about people with shield secrets and things like that allow them to get the, the targeting technology off that naval ship. Or having the guy, uh, Gary Shandling's character from Iron Man, you know, being a part of Hydra. So he's, you know, making sure all this stuff happens. I'm just saying that, well, yes, he's the face you put on everything. He he is that character. He's he's that person. He's the face of Hydra for all intents and purposes in this movie. I'm just saying that he's not. That still doesn't mean he is the villain. Because unlike Red Skull, when it comes to Hydra, they actually have very few people that they put as the face of uh, of Hydra with stuff. Um, I mean, there's a few here and there, uh, like Baron Strucker, which don't even get me going on how they completely wasted his character in Age of Ultron. But like between like Zola and Baron Strucker and things like that, there are very few faces when it comes to Hydra other than Red Skull because it's, you know, it's his shit. Um, and so the fact that like with Robert Car- Robert Redford's character not even being a, a, like a villain or something like that from the comics that like you're just like, oh, that's, you know, this, the, that. It's, it's just, he's the, the face. He's literally just the person who they put in place to just be the face of what's going on. I mean, I, I, I get a lot of what you're saying. It's just that, I still can't watch that movie and say that he's the villain of the movie because he's not. He's just a part of what the villain is. Because one thing that they've done very well whenever they construct Hydra in these movies is the fact that it operates like Hydra would. It's a cell organization. It's like the whole octopus thing with it. It's got legs everywhere. And so, yeah, you have to have, you've got to essentially have the brain that operates that part of the leg and stuff like that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Hydra as a whole is doing this or that or anything like that. So it's like the autonomy that that little cell of Hydra has is what is what's going on, but there's still going to be something else telling them what to do and things like that, or to help make sure they get in those places because like Robert Redford didn't get to that place just because he was like, Oh, I'm going to be in this place. And then everybody's like, yeah, he's in that place. No, like for him to get that position in the government and things like that, there had to be other strings pulled by people other than him, like people higher than him or other people in Hydra to put him there. 
So like, that's what I'm saying is just that this does an amazing job of encapsulating what Hydra does. I think it did it better than First Avenger. It does it better than Age of Ultron. It does it better than what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does with it. It really shows like how Hydra operates where the actual people themselves don't matter. It's the plan that matters. It's Hydra that matters because their whole point is cut off one head, two more grow. Like, you know, like that, that spy that kills himself in first Avenger. Like that's the whole point of what they do. The individuals do not matter. It's Hydra as a whole and it's Hydra as a plan and what they want to accomplish is what matters. And like, that's what this movie like encapsulates so well is Robert Redford's character does not matter. It's Hydra that matters. Precisely. And that's what I'm, I, I feel like you're missing. <laughs> no, I'm not missing it. I understand that. I never said that they didn't do, have do a good job of illustrating how effective Hydra was as an organization. That was never one of my counter arguments at all. I was just talking about how they treated the character of Robert Redford. And thanks for letting me know about the Age of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, because I had no idea about that. Um, however, I mean... You don't really need to know that because yeah. that show is fucking garbage. <laughs> but but I throw away. Um, I'm just speaking of the context of the film. Just in the context of the film, if I'm just a layman and you know I'm not a guy who watches all the Marvel things because I have to, you know, th- that's what I'm saying. Just in the context of it, you know, and I understand and I get what you're saying. I'm not missing it. Just as usual, I understand what you're saying. I just don't agree. Yeah. And I mean, all I'm going to say about it, man, is um, is that like, OK, that I, I and I definitely understand that. And I don't necessarily even think my argument was more about how Hydra was represented than more. It was about the villain or face, as you put it, that they give in this movie. But basically, but when you're comparing this to the other movies and you're trying to say which is the best out of all of them essentially based on what you what we have just found out we've got a movie with no real central villain and no real character development from the protagonist but it's the best movie out of all 18 or 19 of these movies like it can't be man it can't be with that but no that's the thing as i can argue that Instead of the main character having development, the world in which the character exists developed more. The world that the character exists in at the beginning of the movie versus the end of the movie are two different things. Yeah, but that's not better world building than Black Panther, though. No, no, no. I'm saying that from a narrative point, like there there was still growth in the movie. There was still change in the movie. The movie, the Marvel Universe as a whole is not the same at the beginning as it is at the end. Like it does change. It does grow. Captain America doesn't have to be the one that does it because you have Black Widow grows. You have the Falcon grows. You have Nick Fury grows. You have S.H.I.E.L.D. grow, which ultimately means it died in that movie, even though it's more or less back, but still. Like that's what shield does, but like it does like there are the, the universe as a whole does change and grow around captain America. Like that's the thing about captain America because he's the same person he was in the forties as he is now. Like that's, that's what he does. He's, he's that stoic figure with it. He's the, he's the unchanging person for better or worse. That's what his character does. And so 
to say that because he didn't grow as a character that the movie doesn't like do something like that it, to me it doesn't make sense because like i said the world around him changes the mcu as a whole before captain america winter soldier and after are two completely different universes okay we could go back and forth on this forever and ever um however we have an audience and they're captive with us and i'm sure they want to hear the number one movie so let's just move on to that uh to everybody who's still here who's still listening and uh i just want to say that you know thank you for not disqualifying us but qualifying us by continuing to listen and support cinema slayers well that was the thing is though is that was the number one movie when it come came to fan voting i thought we said i thought you said infinity war was i'm sorry I, that's what when we were talking beforehand winter soldier winter soldier does have the most votes for our movies what's tied for second with black panther is infinity war okay so infinity okay. war like we discussed is in our Infinity War podcast, especially if you listen to the end of that, that is wrong. Is wrong. I mean, it just is it's wrong. Um, it's good. It's in sure. Yeah. It's in the top nine, but it's not. It's not the best yeah, one. It's there in my top. So five. many aspects of it that fall apart. I loved it, but it's not the best. It just. Well, I'm just saying, like objectively, though, like it being in the top half of these 19 movies is not crazy. You know, like there's, you know, there's so much with that. Uh. But yeah, it it just it's not the best. Like it's there's so many things that are better than that. To touch on this though, the uh, the movie that of these ones that did receive votes that was ranked still that we haven't touched on yet is Iron Man 1, which we don't really have to go in depth into Iron Man 1, but it was the last one of these that was ranked officially by fan voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, and Guardians of the Galaxy 1 were not ranked, so they all tied for last place. So according to Cinema Slayer fans, the fan voting goes ranked in order Captain America Winter Soldier, then tied for second place, we have Avengers Infinity War and Black Panther. Then tied for fourth place, we have Captain America Civil War and the first Avengers film. And then we have solely at six Iron Man 1 with, like I said, Spider-Man, Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy tying all for last place. Cool. So are we uh, wrapping it up? Has everybody said what they wanted to say? So is this the wrap up? Yeah, we can go ahead and wrap it up. I mean... The thing is, is it's not like we're all of a sudden going to change. You know, it's not like we're going to be like, nope, Black Panther's nailed the best now after we've talked about it. I mean. Did we want to discuss any of the other ones on the list or are we just going to call it? No. No. They didn't even get a vote. Fans don't even give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I, you know, all, all it's going to be, all it's going to be, is like Spider Man was great, you know, but still not better than these. Thor three was great, but still not better than these. And Guardians was great, but still not better than these. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's going to just be what our 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 arguments or conversations right. are going to be about. That's anyway. why I. What, what? That's what I was. Yeah, that's what I was saying ha, earlier. Has anybody too? been yeah. swayed in this argument? Has anybody like ah, oh, you know what? This person made some good points. I, I think um, I think um, you know. I think I'm feeling different about what I said. Or is everybody pretty much just ironclad? No. <laughs> well, I was gonna well, I was just well, I was just gonna say, um, no, I mean, nobody made me sway, but I do now even more firmly believe in my point. I don't think enough evidence was brought for the other movies to counter the sheer amount of things that I said for Panther. 
So I still feel really confident in Panther. Yeah, but then we, I mean, we could all still argue the same thing, though. I can say, well, I don't feel like any arguments made for these other movies are, you know, going to make me less confident in Winter Soldier. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the whole point is like we it's not like we all haven't seen all these movies. Oh, no, I just I was just I was just curious to see like that's that's just a, sometimes you have conversations and you go, you know what? That was a really good point. I do enjoy that. And But no, that's what I'm saying is it's like it's we all see the merits in these things. And it's and it's like you said, they're like depending on the day, like this movie could jump this movie and this movie can jump that movie. Etc. Etc. So it's not like at some point we haven't thought like these things about these other movies anyway. It's not like at one point you know Jason hasn't thought Winter Soldier's the best. You know what I mean? Like we've all thought at one point all four of these movies were the best to some degree. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's what I'm saying is like the likelihood of it really being a sway or anything like that, or even that being the purpose of anything would be not even like the whole point of it all. Just because, like I said, we've all said it. Like I mean, after we all saw Avengers, we were like, "Yep, that's the best." Yeah, yeah. And it was fun just picking them apart. Yeah. Like it was fun finding whatever the flaws hearing the flaws of what everybody else thought about their movie and it was fun kind of watching them to look for flaws because i don't know if anybody else did that but i went back and watched some of the top ones or the ones that were getting the most votes to find to just pick them apart to see like what i didn't like about them so it was fun kind of hearing what everybody didn't like about the movies even though we really we all like for the most part love these movies so that was a lot of fun um i did want to speak to the uh cinema slayers i don't want to say universe maybe like small village or barony um what did you think what do you think is the best movie after <laughs> hearing these arguments uh did we sway you did somebody bring up arguments that you love anybody bring up something that you hated um when we post this man make sure you go and comment uh, or send a video response or whatever. We would love to hear from you guys. You know, maybe you have the power to sway some of us. We want to know what you have to say. And once again, thank you for listening. And thank you to everybody who did comment um, on on this um, specific matchup that we were doing. And um, in the future, when we do them, we might um, be, you know, actually taking some of the comments from the people and going over those um, in the podcast as well. So if you want a chance to possibly be, you know, shouted out on our podcast, go ahead and leave comments. Yes, just to piggyback off those. Thanks, everyone that commented. And it was really cool. Um, everybody making their top 10 list and stuff like that. And it was just so interesting how so many people disagree on this. And even when you do research on this and you look up, top tens by popular magazines or publications and stuff like that it's different almost every time so it's just this is really just one of those topics where you just never know what the what what is the right answer is there even really a right answer so uh thanks everybody for participating hope you guys found this fun and what's something else you'd like to see us debate over is there a a, a two movies or a, a several movies that you'd like to see us debate about or vote over. So please let us know. Comment on Cinema Slayers. Let us know something. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, though. If you put Age of Ultron in your top 10, you're wrong. Just saying that. And that includes a lot of people, like like major <laughs> publications and critics, because I've seen that on a few like like movie websites and things like that when they talk about Age of Ultron. It's good, but damn, come on. No, no, it's not. Not. Th- no, just stop. <laughs> I just, I'm so upset by that. 
It hurts my delicate sensibilities. I'm a very sensitive person, and I can't fucking handle <laughs> seeing Age of Ultron up there with the likes of Black Panther and Civil War, <laughs> Winter Soldier, and the Avengers. It just does not belong there. It just doesn't. If you want to say it's like the ninth best, okay, I'll take that. But there, I've seen some lists where it's number two. I've seen some lists where it's like three, and just no. I don't think they ever actually watched that movie. I think they just like the name because it's got a really cool name. I mean, Avengers Age of Ultron is a really cool name, and they just ranked it based on names because that's all I see with that. <laughs> like like we said, go on Facebook. Let us know. We're going to be doing these matchups more. We are going to start name dropping and things like that. Uh, if I did name drop in this, I'm actually going to knock that out because I remember now we have to kind of get some clearances for some of that. So if you do uh, comment on our Facebook, you are giving us permission to use your name. And thanks for that. Other than that, we, we, we do appreciate everybody commenting. I know we've been doing these matchups for a while. And so we are now going to start using a lot of these for podcasts and things like that. So we're going to try to get some really exciting matchups for you guys to really get you guys uh, interested in and commenting on them. Uh, and like, like the, everybody said, let us know what you want to see, what matchups matchups you want what do you think would be interesting uh and maybe it'll be on our thing and maybe we'll do an episode about it and we'll do it for free and not pay you for it because you're just having fun with us on social media and that's how the internet works now um other than that we really do appreciate everybody listening go to our website simmaslayers.com uh there's a link to our threadless store there buy some merch go on facebook like us there go on twitter cinema underscore slayers follow us on that um you know, listen to our other podcast, the Cinema Slayers podcast. Uh, read our reviews. Let us know what you think. Go, Knights, go. 